Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the USDA's September WASD report. Also, we'll hear a little bit of the agriculture debate that took place online last night. And up first in today's country comment, Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum will give us an update on pasture conditions. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba agriculture says substantial rains have meant that hay and pasture land has now greened up and livestock producers are intensively managing regrowth areas to support fall grazing. I got an update from Manitoba Beef Producers General Manager Carson Callum. After talking with our, our many of our directors yesterday, it seems like those rains um, helped um, pasture conditions a great deal in, in various areas. Like It's kind of amazing some of the regrowth uh, that has happened um, after that grass went dormant and looked like uh, nothing was there. There's, there's sure a lot more green out there than there, than there was even in the spring from basically what we're hearing from our directors. So... Uh, yeah, it's good to see, and but there's still you know, lots to consider moving into the fall and uh, the impacts for next year. Dugouts have they filled up a little bit? Or? No, uh, that's that's the I think a glaring issue still is that the rains definitely helped with the pasture regrowth, um, but the dugouts just uh, weren't recharging um, for the most part. At least what we're hearing across from some of our members and directors, it's a lot of that rain must have been used up. Just wanted to follow up a little bit on, I guess, some of those announcements that we had from uh, from the government. Have uh, farmers been able to, I guess, get those programs going or kind of where are things at there? Yeah, I think the programs have been helping some producers um, so far, and we're just continuing to engage with the province for um, potential adjustments uh, to ensure that it's uh, you know, a viable program for, for as many producers as possible that were impacted by you know by the drought this year. I think producers are in the midst of making their winter feed plans if they haven't already. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens in the coming weeks here. Heard of some hay possibly coming in from out east, but you know, how are supplies there? I still think it's pretty short. I know there's been kind of conversations about that hay coming in, but the, you know, the, I know the freight has been kind of the challenge or the bottleneck there because it is a long distance. So you know, some things are moving and guys have been able to source uh, straw, some hay, um, and grain or concentrate alternatives but uh, yeah I think overall it's it's somewhat slim pickings. That was Carson Callum general manager for Manitoba beef producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon I'm Corey Canute. Canada's agriculture leaders discussed key election issues last night during an online debate hosted by the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. One of the questions focused on this year's drought and business risk management programs Liberal candidate Marie-Claude Bibo had these thoughts. We are putting in place a $200 million program to give farmers incentives to adopt better management practices like rotational grazing, like cover cropping, like better, better management of, of the nutrient. And we will triple the investment uh, into the clean tech programs because it was so popular a few months ago that we will triple the investment to reach almost half a billion dollars to help farmers afford energy efficient equipment, uh, for example, for grain dryers, uh, farm heating, or precision agriculture, for example. 
Meanwhile, conservative candidate Dave Epp had these comments. The review of the business risk management program was promised by this government and it's still not done. So what we have in place right now is agri-recovery. The province has stepped forward. Yes, the provincial, uh, the federal government put forward a small amount of money, uh, nowhere near to the disaster that our Western colleagues are facing. And so it was, again, leadership from the provinces that finally was matched at the 11th hour. Right now, there is livestock starving or livestock herds being dispersed. What about the livestock tax deferral? Right now, I'm aware of in Ontario, 40,000 bales of hay waiting for some federal help on transportation to get to those needing that. Where is that leadership from the federal government? Other topics debated included the next ag policy framework, labor, a grocery code of conduct, environmental support, supply management, and infrastructure priorities. And Manitoba's canola harvest is about a third complete, according to this week's crop report. Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. Give us an update. We're starting to see um, stuff that's been left to straight cut come off. So there's a lot of acres that, you know, we here in Manitoba that we obviously leave to straight cut. Those acres are, are now mature and, and they're coming off the field. Variability, we've got a little bit of wind in the forecast. We've had rain. So there's obviously a lot of different challenges that growers are, are dealing with during this harvest season. She says yields have been extremely variable, ranging anywhere from the teens upwards to 40 bushels per acre. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, September 10th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear a bit of last night's agriculture leaders debate. Agricultural leaders from four parties participated in an online debate last night hosted by the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. One of the questions focused on the next egg policy framework. We'll hear the response from each candidate, starting with Yves Perron with the Bloc Québécois. Here's a translation of what he had to say. Obviously, I think that we need to overhaul a number of business risk management programs, do away with the red tape paperwork such that it takes one year that companies that have faced losses receive money, support and relief. We also need to increase relief for the agricultural sector. It's not normal when we call upon our sector to compete internationally that our agricultural sector isn't supported as much as it is in the United States. In fact, not even half as much. Something else that needs to be included in renegotiating the ag policy framework is to change the process to support farmers on the upstream and make sure that they get support on the front end and not wait till they face losses. Support them directly so they enjoy more financial autonomy and make their own choices as a consequence. That was Yves Perron with the Bloc Québécois. Up next was Liberal candidate Marie-Claude Bibo. Well, I've been working with my provincial colleagues for two years and a half and we've been meeting almost every week uh, during COVID to make sure that we were collaborating to improve the programs and to put in place the best programs for our farmers. And we've been able to reach a consensus together to increase agri-stability by $95 million per year already by removing the reference margin limit, which was a big, a big deal because this was the cause of a, lo- of a long process. It was unfair for different sector. And now we're, I'm very proud that we made this happen already. 
We have also another proposal on the table to increase the compensation rate from 70 to 80 percent. And we are waiting for the conservative provincial governments to join to make it happen. But looking forward, I'm in the process with my provincial colleagues to improve the business risk management programs and to also introduce uh, the notion of climate risk because uh, the world is changing faster than we, we would have thought. And this is important to make sure that our business risk management programs need this new reality. That was Liberal candidate Marie-Claude Bebo. Dave Epp, a candidate with the Conservative Party of Canada, had these thoughts on Canada's next agricultural policy framework. When I talk to our farm community, when I talk to the industry that they serve and is served by them, what I keep hearing is that they experience the attitude of an Ottawa knows best. What they're not experiencing is a true partnership. And that, I guess, is the attitude that a Conservative government would bring As has been mentioned, we need to review our business risk management programming. We need to review our regulatory framework, not throw it away. We're known for that, but we need to make it far more efficient because not only in agriculture, but in other parts of our economy, we have fantastic innovators here, but they're commercialized elsewhere. We just as an ag committee finished our ag processing capacity study. Too much of our product is exported in a raw state We need far more collaboration amongst government, amongst industry, amongst our provinces to do add more value here at home. And a conservative government would bring that collaborative attitude to this industry. That was Dave Epp, a candidate with the Conservative Party of Canada. And last but not least, we heard from Alistair McGregor, a candidate with the NDP, his thoughts on the next egg policy framework. I think the next agricultural policy framework really needs to be built around the theme of resiliency. This is a, a, used repeatedly at committee and, and, and I have questioned many of our producers about. The last 18 months have really exposed a lot of cracks in the system. And, you know, I agree that we don't want an Ottawa knows best approach, but we do want a strong federal leadership in many areas. We know that this next century, uh, climate change is going to be a huge factor. And in fact, many of our farmers are now repeatedly telling us that they are on the front lines of climate change. So the next agricultural policy framework in discussion with the provinces is really going to have to center on how we manage the risk from climate change, what it's going to really do to our producers. How can we uh, build resiliency into local processing centers to make sure that communities have access to locally grown food? These are all big themes that have to be centered on in, in terms of resiliency. That was Alistair McGregor with the NDP giving his thoughts in last night's online debate regarding the next egg policy framework. The 90-minute debate can be found on the CFA YouTube page. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Keystone Agricultural Producers will be hosting a webinar on Tuesday, September 14th, starting at 9 a.m., focusing on agri-recovery. Go to the CAP website for more details. 4-H Manitoba's 2021-22 season starts this month with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you are 6 to 25 years old and would like to join a club near you, 
Contact the Brandon office at 204-726-6136 or visit online at 4h.mb.ca. And Manitoba Forge and Grassland Association is holding an introduction to holistic management Mondays beginning October 4th and running until November 8th. These online sessions will be held from 6 to 7 p.m. Registration is required. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the USDA released its September WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Dan Bossy, president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. Well, the report did not have any fireworks. Uh, that maybe was the big, uh, the big draw. In other words, the U.S. corn yield came in very close to expectations, a little bit of 176.3 million of bushels per acre. Uh, that's the second best on record. A U.S. corn crop just under 15 billion uh, bushels, second on record also. And then if we look over at soybeans, uh, the trade got the soybean estimate very close also, 50.6 bushels an acre, a crop that, uh, again, at 4.3 billion, sizable crop, uh, but again, gobbled up largely by demand. So as we look at end stocks, we had 1.4 billion bushels of corn end stocks, 185 million bushels of soybeans, still relatively tight. And the key going forward will be what USDA gives us in terms of ear weight and pod weight. Looks like USDA used an abundant or an ample pod and ear weight in this estimate. We think that those uh, numbers are a little lofty, but nonetheless, these are big crops done in the United States, which uh, uh, will uh, find demand and uh, should be stabilizing to the market. What did the uh, report uh, say about wheat? Well, the wheat data really comes out later in the month, and so we all look at the final U.S. Uh, seedings report that will be coming out you know, later this month. Uh, by that, I'm saying it's the final small grains report. That'll be the key into delineating how much acreage was abandoned or the yield for U.S. wheat. No real changes on this report because they wait for two weeks to get that out of the way. Uh, other than that, uh, you know, they, they, the world of wheat crop did increase 4 million metric tons. Canadian crop fell to 23 million metric tons from 24. Uh, the Russian crop held the same at 72.5. Adjustments to the upside really came in, you know, places like Australia, a uh, little bit in Argentina and the EU. Talk a little bit more about harvest and how things are, are coming along. Well, we're very focused down here about the Gulf. Obviously, our uh, Hurricane Ida knocked a lot of capacity out, and some of that will be restricted going forward. We are probably uh, another week away from getting into the start of harvest in the southern Midwest. The Delta is ongoing now. Uh, we will get some test cuttings uh, that will give us some yield data, but you know, it's probably another couple of weeks. Farmers here, because of the high cost of natural gas and propane, aren't anxious to get in the field with favorable weather forecasts. But nonetheless, we think somewhere around the 20th of September, a lot of guys will get going at it. And uh, again, uh, we think uh, the yield trends will be slightly lower from what USDA indicated. But this is the nature of, of the USDA or any uh, government agency. Even in Canada, we would probably argue that wheat crop and canola crops could be smaller but they want to see harvest data before making any adjustments going forward. That was Dan Bossy, president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago, recapping this morning's USDA September WASD report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its September WASD report this morning. Dan Bossy is president of Ag Resource Company in Chicago. Well, the report did not have any fireworks. Uh, that maybe was the big uh, the big draw. In other words, the U.S. corn yield came in very close to expectations, a little bit of 176.3 million bushels per acre. Uh, that's the second best on record. A U.S. corn crop just under 15 billion bushels, second on record also. 
And then if we look over at soybeans, uh, the trade got the soybean estimate very close also, 50.6 bushels an acre, a crop that, uh, again, at 4.3 billion, sizable crop, uh, but again, gobbled up largely by demand. Farmers are starting to straight cut canola here in Manitoba. Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada talked about yields. Obviously, extremely variable. Um, we knew this year based on the heat um, and the lack of precipitation that we weren't going to be expecting super high yields. Um, so there's still this really big range. You know, there's stuff down in the teens and there's stuff over 40 bushels an acre still. As we can kind of continue on into harvest, uh, we'll expect some of those yields likely to increase just as we move into the northern climates and areas that weren't uh, as uh, severely hit with, um, with the drought and the heat. Manitoba's canola harvest is about a third complete, according to this week's crop report. And Canada's agriculture leaders discussed key election issues last night during an online debate hosted by the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. One of the questions focused on this year's drought and business risk management programs, NDP candidate Alistair McGregor, had these comments. More help is going to be needed, not only for, for what's happened this year, but in future years. I mean, it's very important for us to understand this is now going to be a long-term trend. And we are going to see more and more of these extreme weather events. So if, if we don't start changing the policy to seriously confront climate change, uh, our farmers are going to continue to see these effects. And we have to ask ourselves as a country, how many more future tax dollars are we prepared to spend to mitigate against the effects of climate change before we understand that the smart money is to make those critical investments now. Other topics debated included the next included the next ag policy framework, labor, a grocery code of conduct, environmental support, supply management, and infrastructure priorities. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on Monday's show, we'll hear from Manitoba Pork General Manager Cam Dahl. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.